This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. world welcome into moneyline on a beautiful sunday morning and we are here to drop the boom in studio with none other than the statistician my partner in grind every single sunday morning at josh jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on twitter josh jordan what's going on jerry you're right beautiful sunday tons of stuff to talk about today glad to be here with you my man Behind the glass, rocking it this Sunday from 10 to noon with all the jams and keeping us in line, making sure we act right this Sunday morning. Make sure we put money in your pockets at Carlson's Radio. At Carlson Radio is where you can find them. Andrew! What's up, guys? What's going on, Andrew? He's got a, a new Twitter handle. He changed the name a yeah, little bit Yeah, there. you saw my hesitation. Yeah. I was about to say, at Hyped Up, Andrew. Yep. But hey, it's a new man. It's a new face. And I'm ready to rock it. No doubt about it. Glad to have you with us. Glad to have y'all y'all listening today on this beautiful Sunday. Jerry's already on fire a little bit. He had a, a big soccer bet today. I pushed it on uh, ESPN 97.5 Twitter. Hey, we push a lot of picks out of there, guys. So follow that if you don't already at ESPN 97.5. Kind of tell everybody about that, Jerry. We're already at the push, right? We just need one more goal here to hit the over. The bet was over three. We're playing second division German league right now. That's what kind of hustle we're on. We're not even hitting the, the main leagues. Those are over. That finished yesterday. So we try to find more spots. We're currently in the German second division league over three. The score is two to one. So we're basically free rolling for the next 20 minutes. And hopefully we catch that while we're on air. At Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. 713-780-3776. If you want to give us a call, last week we had a lot of Rockets talk. We the, did. The lines are open still. I know we we ended the show with people still on hold because we had so many calls. So if you want to still talk some Rockets, some new things came out this week. Basketball has happened. Yeah. Uh, right after we spoke about the Rockets last week, uh, the Kawhi happened. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It seems like that was a, a whole different uh, playoffs ago, but that was just... Last Sunday, so much has happened, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well as far as uh, the clutchness in the star player and what you expect and what you hope for. Again, not just negative calls. Uh, we want the the what you're looking forward to in the Rockets. If there's anything in particular that you want to see them do better, 713-780-3776, or you can shoot us a text. No doubt about it. You know, since we're already kind of talking a little bit of Rockets here, I know we're going to get to some NFL but what do you think about that tweet Daryl Morey put out the other day about their record against Golden State compared to the rest of the league against Golden State? I don't think it's a very good look. What, what do you think, Jerry? I know you saw that. It's embarrassing to yeah. me. It's embarrassing. At this point, just let it go. You know what I mean? So he brings up a sample size, a smaller sample size of the Rockets record versus the Warriors as to the rest of the league. And it... 
at this point, just let it go. Yeah. You know, I don't see what the point of that is other than making yourself. It didn't go over well at all. No one took it well. I mean, the Rockets are out of the playoffs, right? <laughs> so we're still talking about this. Your season's over. You know, like, let it go. You came for him. You didn't get him. It it happens. And, and now we're seeing right now the Warriors are just taking it to another level, right? I mean, they're up, what, 3-0 on the Blazers now? I mean, this is... Looks like they're hitting their stride, and boy, Curry finally woke up in a big way. Steph has been amazing. He's, I mean, the Rockets are kind of lucky they didn't get that Steph early in the series. You know, he didn't really show up huge until towards the end of the series. But you know, and look, I'm a, I love Daryl Morey. I'm a big fan of his. I think he does a great job. I just think you know, once you've been eliminated by the Warriors and your season's over. You know, even though you've played them better than other teams in the league, like your fans don't want to hear that. You know, the exact tweet was versus the Warriors the last three years in the playoffs. Houston is five and eight. The rest of the NBA five and thirty four. Yeah, so that's it right there. And look, but five and eight is that something you're excited about? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still we all got beat up, but I still have my teeth in, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm like, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's a great look. I feel. And look, we saw Tillman Fertitta come out the other day and say, you know, this stuff, it's unacceptable. We're going to win. We're going we're gonna to fix this. We're going to make this happen. Tillman Fertitta is not trying to hear, ooh, we're 5-8 and eight against the Warriors. That's, you know, he's a successful business guy. That means we lose a lot more than we win. That, that, that's not something you're, you want to announce and talk about and advertise. I just, I don't get it. Also, this week has been talk, uh, the name Jimmy Butler's come up quite a bit. Some people wondering... If that's the fit, can he even can sure. can they make it fit here, uh, uh, money wise, and does he fit the scheme? Because there were some also some coaching changes in the NBA uh, in the Rockets organization. Yeah, uh, uh, Bezdelic is not going to be back, he's, and that's huge. He's basically their their defensive coordinator, if you will, for basketball. And they had to kind of talk him into coming back last year. I don't think. I heard rumors that he wasn't a big mellow guy, and, he, and that's why he didn't right, come. Right. He wasn't there at the beginning of right. the year. But I heard they. They threw some money at him, and you know how that goes. Sometimes there's enough money to change your mind. So what happens now to a team maybe that had trouble on defense, and supposedly he's the defensive guru, right? So what direction does the team take now? I didn't like to see that. That's the last guy I wanted to see leave because I feel like maybe that was the one thing that was in place. Yeah, I, th- I thought James looked pretty damn good on defense in the exactly. playoffs. Exactly. Yeah, how much, has he, team, how much yeah. did he improve? Yeah, I thought he looked good. So I, I think that's that's going to hurt a little bit. And I see we're already getting some Rocket calls. You want to go ahead and yeah, grab one of these? Take it. All right, Matt, what you got for us on the Rockets, man? Hey, good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing good. The thing that I see out here, especially with the fans, it's always the excuse. I work with a bunch of Rocket fans. It's a lot of times when they lose, it's never that they just got whipped. It's always the excuse. It's always they didn't got cheated. And then also with the fans, a lot of them, especially the guys I work with, they accept that mediocrity. To me, James Harden is a good number two player. It's not a good number one. I asked the guys that I work with, well, who would you rather take, Steph Curry or James Harden? Now, all of them took James, and then they'll even say Steph Curry is not that good. They try to say it's the system he's in. The guy is good. Yeah. How much more clutch do you have to be? He got three rings, and when a game is on the line, if he got to do it, he could put the team on his back. James Harden, good during the regular season, stats off the chart, but in the playoffs, he has not proven himself. In the beginning, first round, he's going to do okay. 
the more pressure on him, the further he gets, the worse it's going to get. And he reminds me of LeBron because there's two things that they do. Their stats going to look good, but you're not getting a W. So, and as far as the, the last thing I want to say with the Jimmy Butler thing, I don't think it'll work. I think he'll fit the scheme. But my problem with that is Jimmy Butler's going to come here and want to be the man. James Harden, he, he thinks he's the best player in the league. I don't think that part of work. Even if the system fits, I don't think that part of work. You know, so that that's that's my whole take on the whole thing. I think James Harden to be a good number two, but he's not going to accept that role like they talk about bringing Kevin Durant in. But is James Harden going to step back and say, okay, you the man? I don't think he's going to do that. And he's not clutching the playoffs, and it's like the fans be blind to that. I don't know. Now, I think you made some some good points there, Matt. There's definitely something to talk about there. Yeah, and we appreciate the call. I yeah. do agree with us a lot of, of the stuff he does say as far as – it's, it's like, okay, tomorrow, whenever you go to work and you clock in, say, say you're a salesperson and you're dropping the big, the big deals, you know what I mean? The crunch time deals, whenever you get, say, a, a, big, a big account and it comes to you and you can't close that out, that's what's going to be left in the taste of, of let's say, the fans, the management, the, the rest of the team, you know what I mean? And that's what we are left here with. It's we can close the smaller deals. We, you get there, you, you're built up to it, and it's about putting that final stamp on it. Now, don't get me wrong. Years from now, what you'll remember is the quality of this Warriors team. Because at the end of the day, don't get me wrong, throw that into the equation. And last week we had a caller say um, the word sports jealousy, sports envy, and that exists it exists. It exists in my heart in a lot of ways. When sure. against the Patriots, for example, yeah. it's a jealousy of the way they, they they run things, build it things, and the way they 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 are uh, the product on the field. Let's say they lost to. You see what they're doing to the Blazers. Oh, yeah, the Blazers can go up 15, 18 points, and they'll bop out real quick. Take that up. Now, I can, I myself can't give James a pass because of what he's done in these elimination games. And people say, man, he had 30, over 30 points in that last game. But what did he do in the last eight, nine minutes? That's what you'll remember. That's what you're remembered for in your everyday life. You have to produce Josh. If you come in here and don't produce for this company, what's going to happen? Are they, what happens? They'll find somebody else. Exactly. Now it's tough whenever in the sports world, because you're tied to these big contracts and, and by no means am I saying, I'm not going to sit up here and say, man, James is trash. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. He's a, he's a great player. He's a, He's in a league of his own as far as the way he his offense is ran. He, he, he's got something that works for him. He's figured it out. But at the end of the day, when it gets to the playoffs and those whistles get a little bit tighter and and you play against a team that has that, that you have to beat four times in a series, it, it, it the margin is a little bit smaller. And for a local fan, like the caller said right now, it, it, he says, who would you rather have, Steph Curry or James Harden? Houston guy's going to tell you James Harden. I guarantee you it, pretty much anywhere outside of Houston, it's going to be Curry. Sure. Look, this, is, this isn't this is going to be very popular, but l- let's get into this for a second, okay? I, I was talking to Brandon. He works up here with us. Really sharp dude, big Rockets fan. And he was actually listening to the Blitz uh, like a week or two ago, and, and R.J. Bell was on with Fred and A.J., okay? And, and here's what R.J. said, and it's kind of daunting because he's right. 
what's James Harden done in his career? Like, is, is he, has he ever won a championship? No. Chris Paul, I mean, he's well into his 30s now. Has, has he ever won a championship or even gotten that close? No. Clint Capella, young guy, hadn't done much. So the, the point of all this is, is the point that RJ was making is they're telling you who they are. They've told you who they are every single year for almost the entire careers. You know, James is going to be in his 30s when he starts next season. You know, never even gotten that close to winning one. And we look at, you know, Chris Paul. Remember that game when, when the Rockets came storming back with James Harden on the bench and beat the Clippers, you know, in that series where they were down 3-1? That was Chris Paul on that Clippers team that let that happen. You know, when Josh Smith was raining threes and, you know, and Harden was sitting on the bench and they came back and won that playoff series? That was Chris Paul that let that happen on the Clippers. So it just tells you, like, Steph Curry, championship rings. And, and he does it in big-time moments. And so my point is, is, why do we let ourselves get fooled into thinking anything's going to change? Like, these guys, they've told you what type of players they are and, and what they're going to be. And it's real obvious. It's just if you're a Rockets fan, you don't want to hear it. It just hurts, though, because when you think about championship teams, you ask yourself, what do these teams have in place? A superstar, you have that, Houston. Uh, yep. a, a six man in Eric in Gordon, you know what I mean? Like you yep. have that. A big man that you that that, that dominates usually on usually, like I say, usually in Capella. Yep. You gave him his money. You have a, a defensive stopper in PJ Tucker. You have so many pieces in place that you feel this is the team. This is the moment. This is the year. Right. But what if any of those guys ever won? Exactly. And that's, you know? like you said, what have you shown to me? And and these guys. They're the not main, 25 either, yeah, Jerry. A lot of the main pieces are over 30. Yeah. Three of them. So it's you ask yourself, if it wasn't then, listen to this segment like this. And I, I, want, I have the question for Andrew and you both. Would you rather have this team or the Rockets team, let's say, last year? Do you want to hold that over for the break, or do you? Yeah, want to, everyone okay. think about that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get back. Would you rather have this Rockets team this year or last year's Rockets team? Which which one was better? Which one gave you more of a perception? And I know they took. Uh, uh, it, which team would you rather live and die with? We'll talk about it when we get back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN ninety seven five. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. At Josh Jordan975, at Carlson Radio, at Jerry Bo knows with an S. I'm still not cool enough to rock the Z. <laughs> but I'm cool enough to claim this winner. Ooh. Second division Germany soccer dropped on the Bookie Busters this morning. Josh, the whole world was on it. Two to two, catch that. Let's hit that over. Ooh. 
Nice to wake up and make some money early in the morning, Jerry. <laughs> On this show, we'll be dropping another 15-unit max play. I know Woo. a couple of you out there are listening, waiting for it. Uh, I see on Twitter a few messages. I promise you, I promise you, it's coming. The bread will be on the table. Man, 15-unit. You got to feel good about this one, Jerry. That's it. That's it. We just hit a 15-unit, though, to start we the day. Did. So now you're playing with house money. You're sitting at the casino, and they're looking at you like, is he going to keep eating all the free sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I might yeah. even kick over the sandwich tray. I what might you even about invite that? my family over. This is a special occasion. 713-780-3776. If you want to continue the Rockets talk, again, if you want to shine your own light on them and what you want to see going forward, if you want to if you want to talk about James, uh, the clutch factor that we need in him going forward, if you want to talk about the old age, pretty soon here, they'll be all be eating that Lubies for free <laughs> straight up. But... That's why we love sports. That's why we're here. It's off-season, and we're still talking. Uh, off-season for the Rockets, let's sure. say, and we're still talking about them. And we forget that there's real basketball still yeah. going on, guys still playing. Again, we talk about James and, and and his moments. Let's not let Dame Lillard off the hook here either. Yeah, no, he, he hadn't been great, Jerry. That's for damn sure. That 40-foot shot, that's what people are going to remember yeah. for him, from him. But he's been terrible this series. And apparently it came out, he's dealing with a bit of a rib injury. So, you know, after James got his eyeball scratched out, I'm not really giving anybody a pass for a rib injury. It's funny with these NBA guys, that's what Cody and I were talking about earlier, about all of a sudden uh, bad performances. Uh, The man has pretty much as many turnovers as he does field goals in this series. One less turnover than he has total field goals. You tell me that we can't get on him. We have to get on you, Lillian. We do. I, th- I think we're looking at a sweep here, don't you think? I mean, yeah, I think so yeah. too. Uh, after last night, if and, and it was crazy because the line told you minus two and a half Blazers. They were favorites, and they were up like by ten points for a lot of the. You games. were feeling good yeah. if you had the Blazers, but then again, you started thinking. I remember this happened just a game before, and you heard Kerr say they stole that game. They were the yeah. better team, and we we somehow stole that. Well, game. Did that in the very next game, the game you have to win at home. You let that happen? Uh, the 33 points in the second half? Man, Curry went off, dude. They all look, their big guys look good. Clay looked good. Uh, Draymond had some big plays, too. Draymond was the the, the key factor yesterday uh, running the ball up. He's the one that 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 started, that sparked up the, the comeback. He was bringing the ball up. The whole court, you saw him running. I don't know how many times I saw him running in the lane with, with Steph Curry or, or uh, uh, Baby Curry um, backpedaling. It was, you're like, oh, my God, how is this, how's this even happening right now? How is Draymond getting a, wire, a straight open path to the, uh, to the hole with just Curry? Yep. Man, he's been pretty good this playoffs. I know people thought maybe he'd you know, fallen off a little bit this year, but, boy, he was pretty good against the Rockets, and he's keeping that going now. And you said this kind of earlier, man. Warriors just looking like they're going to do what the Patriots do, right? You know, just get doubted and then and win the whole damn thing. But what's interesting here is you have a team in the East. Yeah, Bucks go- are legit. <laughs> First reaction right now, Bucks, Golden State in the finals. Say you had to empty out your account on, on, on your betting account and they say, hey, you got one. There will be never betting again, Josh. <laughs> That's the last and you thing. have to you have to pour it out on one side. What side would you have to go? I'm going with the champs, baby. You yeah. know, and I yeah. think I think I mean, Durant I, will hopefully will be back as well. Of course, the way they're playing, I don't know if that's 
you know, the best thing in the world because they're playing so well without him. But, I mean, he's Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? <laughs> Andrew, do the Bucks have a legitimate chance to knock off the Warriors? I think so, just because of the depth that they have. You've seen something that the Warriors in these past, I don't know, five games or so since KD went out, you've seen them go deep into their bench. And you've gotten production out of guys that you really would have never expected to get production from. Quinn Cook was putting up buckets in the fourth quarter last night. McKinney! And everyone was like just trashing Quinn Cook, I don't know, two weeks ago, saying he's not good enough to touch the court in the playoffs. So I think that the surprising depth that the Warriors have showed the past week or so, the Bucks have the ability to counter that. They've got a bench mob, and I think it's going to come in clutch. I love it. I love that thought because I, I'm thinking the same thing. I, I had a feeling that the Warriors were fibbing a little bit whenever the, the Durant injury first happened, and they, start, they put a short – they didn't really put a timetable, but they said, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look again into it next week. But from the look of it, I, I had a feeling that it was going to be a long time. Yeah. I still don't know if he'll be back yeah. for the final. Say, say they sweep. And, oh, no, don't they get me both wrong, might though. sweep. Yeah, That's crazy, yeah. But don't get me wrong. I, I believe the finals has a date it starts, but uh, – it's just tough. It's tough to think that the Bucks are on paper. The Bucks are a better team with no Durant. You would think they are, but we go back to that Rockets discussion, right? Like how many how many rings do the Bucks have? <laughs> What's the last time you remember the Bucks? Because yeah, if you doing take the, it in the big moments, if you take you know? the names off the jerseys yeah. and you go off straight up plus minus and the way they dominated teams and against the spread margins this year and and the Bucks have only lost one game against the spread this whole entire playoffs which is the game they lost that's it that's the only game they've lost against in against the spread but then you got the the deciding factors which is Curry and and Clay and and Draymond and the experience and, and if Durant's healthy. You and know. if Durant but at this point I don't even know if you want Durant to come back right. you see how they're running you see it's a totally different team out there. I remember in the first series uh, for the for the Warriors, they I saw a stat where Durant was running an average of eleven and a half isolation plays a game in that first series, and it's crazy because during the season it was about four, Ooh. so he was running that many more. The ball was getting a little stagnant. Yeah, don't get me wrong. the The ultimate, the end result was him throwing up thirty five and forty point box scores. But how much prettier it is it whenever Curry's doing pretty much the same 30, but Clay's getting his moves and all these role players are getting theirs as well. And I think this might this might be a good reminder for Durant, right? Just sitting on the court, just watching and going, oh, yeah, I remember Steph Curry. That dude's awesome. This team is fantastic. You know, maybe he won't you know get the ball sticky and hold on to it forever. And, you know, maybe he'll pass the ball a little bit more. So it's funny, just just by watching these guys do their thing and play the old school Warriors basketball, if I'm Durant, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you know, we can do this, and when they need to go take a break, then I'll do my ISO. That's when I'll get my points, when Steph's getting a breather. Maybe they can keep this up-tempo offense going, getting everybody involved, you know, and Durant doesn't feel like he has to carry everybody. This might actually work out for their benefit. Long run, did this all but punch Durant's ticket out of town? Is he halfway in New York? Man, I, I don't know. It, look, I know that's the popular opinion, but if I'm him, 
I, you know, he's not 22 years old either. I yeah. don't want to go start over all it's, over yeah, it's again. Be a you know process. what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, the Knicks are a disaster. What kind of assurance do you have that they're going to surround you with what you need to be surrounded by to compete and to win? And now the East is no walk in the park. The Bucks are legit. They're going to be there every year. So, you know, it's not like LeBron when he was in the East. You're not just guaranteed a trip to the finals being in the East anymore. And, you, we talk about the Knicks, and their name has come up a lot with the NBA lottery this week. And what could have been? Yeah. Zion, the king of New York, is for the moment is put to a halt. I'm yep. not going to say that they won't be trades, but I don't see it happening. I, I, I see him going to New Orleans. He has to be. Uh, he has to be the number one pick. Yep. I see people saying that he can, if he does it right, he can be the next coming as far as his brand as Jordan, as big as Jordan, the way he has it. Uh, that will still be until. But you ask yourself. The disappointment of maybe not being able to go to the team that you wanted to. And then you ask yourself, what was it like maybe for Curry whenever he went to Golden State? Was that something he wanted? Was that something that he was hoping for? At that time, remember, Golden State was a different team, yeah. a different franchise than they, they are now. And I wanted to hear these thoughts. This is what his parents had to say about him joining Golden State. But Golden State also is on the clock. We can go back to the draft day. I remember Don Nelson calling me and saying, hey, what's your feelings toward drafting our son? I said, we don't want we don't. <laughs> you asked me the question, I'm going to tell you the truth, don't. And the conversation went on. He said, well, if we get the opportunity, we're going to do it. I said, Coach, that's your, that's your decision. With the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. We just thought his game fit a better, a better team, a better scenario, yeah. uh, the, the way another team was playing, uh, up and down faster, uh, and had a better locker room. Well, that's the dad answer and the, and the professional athlete answer. Mine was Golden State's too far away. <laughs> and where is my baby going? I don't know where Golden State is. You know, I want to talk about this for a second with, with players and their thoughts on where they're going. And I find it ridiculous. Like, if you're a top draft pick, you're going to go to a bad team because the bad teams have the top draft picks. You know, what are we talking about here? Insert you Eli know? face. Yes, Eli. I mean, come on, man. That's part of the deal. You're a good player. That's why they need you because they're not very good. So you should be happy. Take the money and, and take the challenge. Try and turn around the franchise. That's that's why they're taking you early. That's why you're a top pick, man. So I, I don't want to hear that stuff. It's interesting to get this perspective yeah. of Curry's parents. That was the audio from them basically saying the truth behind it. You know, Dad Curry Dale's yeah. saying, please don't take him. <laughs> when the coach said, but once he said that they, it became a truth that, hey, this is exactly what we're doing if he's available. Yeah. Then he has to be a realistic. He played in the NBA himself. The mom says she didn't even know where Golden State was, <laughs> but it turned out to be maybe the greatest decision ever for them to, to pick out. him. Look how it worked out. Everything else is history. History is what we'll make here whenever I hit this next fifteen unit max bet. Everyone out there right now is saying, telling their, telling their, telling the family right now, eating breakfast out there doing yard work right now, thinking. How did we just make money betting second division Germany? I don't know. It's magic. It's magic we do here every single Sunday morning on Moneyline. We'll be right back. ESPN 97.5.
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter at JoshJordan975 at Carlson Radio and your boy Jerry Bone knows with a S. Let's talk NFL. And a few storylines have broke out, a few very important in many ways. Let's jump into that right now. Here's some news around the NFL. Around the NFL. What's happening? What's happening is, let's get right into what everyone is talking about right now, and that's the suspension of Patrick Peterson, Arizona Cardinals, six-game suspension. What does this mean going forward for the defense and for the – this is a fantasy football show, so to me that automatically means more shootouts. Yeah, this is a big one here. You know, I think what's kind of funny is – a lot of his old tweets came out this week where he was taking some shots at Tom Brady when he got suspended for the whole deflate gate thing and talking about how he cheated the game and, and he doesn't deserve this and that. And then you come out and get popped for steroids and get suspended, you know, like be careful what you put out there on social media because it's going to come back at you, especially if you know, maybe you're doing some stuff you shouldn't be doing, you know, Tom Brady was deflating footballs. He wasn't, you know, shooting up steroids. You know, I don't know if, you know, some people may have different opinions on which is worse, but I'm not even sure Brady was actually doing that. But whether he was or wasn't, it's just not smart to come after somebody like that because it will come back. And Peterson's been a squeaky, squeaky clean kind of player. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great player. And, I don't know if you remember, kind of right around the draft, there was a lot of rumblings about, you know, maybe the Texans should go after him and trade for him. And and I believe uh, the Texans GM even talked about what a great player he was. And the Texans certainly have a hole at cornerback. But, hey, I'm glad they didn't make that move now if he's going to miss part of this, what, six games? It was, I believe, eight, but he dropped his suspension, so it's down to six. But, you know, no doubt he's one of the best corners in the league. But, you know, I don't think Arizona's going to be that good to begin with unless Kyler Murray sets the league on fire. So I don't know if it's going to make a huge difference for the Cardinals. Since the late 70s when the, the, the regular season went to 16 games, 20 teams have started the campaign as underdogs in every single game. That's going to happen again this year if the first week one line moves off a of picket, which is at picket. Every other game, as far as look-aheads, they're underdogs in. There's no surprise there, right? Their offensive line's terrible. Defense isn't that great. The rookie offense, quarterback. The offense got a boost, though, through the draft. They did. New offensive coordinator. Things were new coach. Everything was starting, I guess, to maybe let's uh, the let's say things were maybe going forward in 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 a better because if we think about last year, what were the Cardinals? They were switching in between the season. You had Byron Levwich coming in. Yep. How bad was David Johnson's season? Their offensive line's terrible. I mean, David Johnson was not good. And I think he might get a little boost with the new offense. You know, Kingsbury running things. He throws to his backs a little bit. I saw a report that he's going to run a lot of five wide. So wow. if, if they're going to do that, 
Then, and, you know, Dave Johnson, he can catch the ball, you know. Five so. wide with a leaky defense. Yeah. That's that's fantasy football goodness. Oh, no doubt. But they're, they're probably going to have to run a lot of five. They're going to have to outscore people. I think that's what they realize. And, and that's why they hired Kingsbury. They they want to shake up the offense. They, they want to do something a little different. So that, that makes some sense. Now, if we look at them from an overall passing defense, what a— we know what Patrick Peterson, many wide receivers have said he's the toughest guy to go up against. One-on-one, he is the, the down, hands down the toughest guy to go up against. Now that you don't have that lockdown. They, they don't, but they did take Byron Murphy, the DB out of Washington. They got him in the second round with the 33rd overall pick. A lot of the draft experts had him as the best corner in the draft. So they at least, they have somebody that they can step in for those first six games. I'm just what, what concerns me is you know I'm looking at their draft right here and they didn't take an offensive lineman until the seventh round. Their offensive line is terrible. So thank God you have Kyler Murray running around because he's going to be running for his life. And the Cardinals are quietly like if you look at them, they only gave up 17 passing touchdowns last year. That was second best in the NFL. Second best. The best. The Vikings at 15. They only gave up 17 passing touchdowns. Think about that. He's a big part of that, obviously. He's a big corner that can run. You know, Peterson, he's good. But then then you look on the other side of the ball because you say, how's that possible? How were they not better of a team? Because they gave up the most rushing yards in the league, 2,479 rushing yards. The Cardinals, 25 touchdowns, also leading the league in two stats that you don't want to be thought about. Right, and I bet if we dive into those stats even more, they were probably losing a lot of games, right? So the opposing team against the Cardinals probably running the ball a lot because they have the lead. You hit it on the nail. 510 rushing attempts against them. The second team, Miami Dolphins, 485. That's a difference of 25 carries that they – that's a whole game, basically. Yeah. So that goes to tell you – you're right. Whenever you're losing, the game script entails just that. Uh, especially losing by wide margin, two two score games, the other team is going to run the the air out of the ball. They are, and you know they they already you know they still have Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, they took the the rookie out of A and M, I believe, last year. And then, look, they took three more wide receivers in this draft. They took one in the second round, and they took another one in the sixth, and then another one in the fourth. So. It's Christian Kirk is the guy that I was thinking of. So they have Christian Kirk, they have Larry Fitzgerald, and then they took three more receivers. So that tells you that Kingsbury's not messing around. It does look like he's planning on running a lot of five wide. So, hey, at least they should be more fun to watch this year. Yeah, I agree. They, they'll, be, they'll be in a lot more shootouts, let's say, for that. Another team that was supposed to be fun to watch this year, the Jets. <laughs> the Jets. Things were looking, I guess, up as well with Sam Darnold performing well over yeah. the, the closing four or five games of the season. You picked up the guy that I guess you wanted, but not so much now we're hearing because Le'Veon Bell supposedly wasn't even wanted in the Jets organization. Yeah, I think it was uh, McCagden, the GM, that just got fired that clearly signed him and got the deal done because – we're hearing that the coach didn't really want him. And, uh, you know, remember McCagnan, he was he was like the director of college scouting for the Texans. He was with the Texans organization for like 15 years. He came over with Charlie Casserly from the Redskins a long time ago. So there is a little bit of a, a Houston connection there, but he's been let go. 
Adam Gase is kind of the de facto GM, I think, right now until they hire somebody. And, you know, it looks like they're trying everything to get Peyton Manning in there. What's up with the timing of this, though? Because it came late. You let you you happen to make this move after the you spent a hundred over a hundred million in free agency after the draft. I think and, that's it right there, Jerry. It's the draft. You don't want to fire your GM, all your scouts right before the draft. They've been working on that for over a year. So let them do what they got to do and, th- and then make the move. I think that's why they did that. How awkward does this make it between Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase? Because Adam Gase is now saying that, or, or the reports are that he for sure didn't want Le'Veon Bell. Not at that price. He didn't think that he was worth it. And now he has to look at that guy every day in the face, the Le'Veon Bell that comes in with a chip on his shoulder. How smart is that? Not you know, to make it public that, that you didn't want somebody, somebody that the fans are excited about. You know, he is a big name. He's a good player. You gave him a ton of money, and you want to put it out there publicly that you don't want the guy? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Le'Veon Bell has publicly stated the following. There's a bunch of false reports and speculation about me in the past about things I've said and done. So I'm used to this. I don't jump to conclusions when I hear a story that may affect me. Even if the reports are true, that won't stop me from doing what I came here to do. Everyone has a job to do, and I'm going to do mine. Whether people like me or not, I'm here to win football games. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Are we on the radio, dudes? <laughs> Give it to me. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. My mind's playing tricks on me, but my pockets aren't. After we catch that over early Germany second league, I'm going to give you more catch. 713-780-3776. Just a little squad that goes by Moneyline that tries to put some paper in your pocket every single Sunday morning at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Carlson Radio, at Jerry Bo Knows. Let's keep talking NFL while we're hot on it, right? The, the, the oven is on. The bread is baking. Let's keep talking NFL. How do these Patriots keep getting so lucky? How? How do they do it? They get lucky in the draft. They downsize. They down. They, they trade back. They accumulate all these picks in the second and third round. They end up finding these gems in the uh, in the rough. And then they end up getting players back that they once had, and they get them back for cheaper. They do. I, I assume you're talking about Jamie Collins here. Jamie returning. Collins yeah. returns to the Patriots after being released by the Browns. It's funny how these guys have, you know, just great stats and great careers with the Pats. They go play somewhere else. They're not that good. And then they end up coming back to the Pats, you know, for cheap. It's just Belichick has a, a great way of finding out, like, whatever you're good at, he can maximize that and he can make you work for his team. And the other teams in the league, they're just, they're not as good as him. And, and every year you see why. They're in the playoffs every year. I know Tom Brady makes up for a lot of that. But, by the way, Tom Brady tips the odds in the Patriots' favor on offense. Belichick does the same thing for him on defense, man. It's 
it's just it's awesome to watch. We're going to miss them when they are not around anymore. I'm telling you, I know everybody in Houston is probably not a Pats fan. Why would you be? But you're going to miss it when Tom Brady's gone. Like I miss, you know, I miss watching Peyton Manning and Tom Brady duel on Sundays. You remember how great those games were? They were incredible. They were high-scoring fun games. I miss that. So, enjoy it while you got it cuz, you know, the goats only going to play for a couple more years. So, enjoy it. Some guys are playing checkers, right? Some play yeah. chess, and that's what's happened here. They get a guy that I'm not saying he's going to be an every snap guy. He's not, nope. but they know what he's good at, and he'll be a specialist. Um, he's joining uh, what Cal, Cal Vanoy, uh, Eldon Roberts, uh, Shalik Cahoon. That's a decent schematic linebacker group, which I think he'll fit right into. No, and he's already done it. They have a role for him, and. It's a low-risk move, right? If it doesn't work out, he's not making a ton of money. Belichick will move on. So, you know, the Patriots keep getting richer, man. They know what they're doing over there. Someone that we wonder if he knows what he's doing is Dave Gettleman, right? And <laughs> I don't wonder, really. <laughs> <laughs> now you have teams in the division, players from within the division, saying that they should give him a raise. You have Josh <laughs> Norman coming out and saying that – the, the the Giants should be giving raises over there and keep him around forever because he's the best uh, the best player or the best coach or GM or uh, whatever on our team. <laughs> no, I mean, he's like that classic guy that's on the other team and the opposing team puts them on their shoulders and carries them off the field. You kind of feel that way. And, man, I think the Giants are going to be bad. I, I do like the, the upgrades to the offensive line. They're going to focus on giving the ball to Saquon Barkley. I believe they signed uh, what the old uh, Carolina tackle, I think Rimmer or something like that. I think they signed him to play right tackle for him, which has been a weakness. So they've really improved that offensive line. They should be able to run the ball. They're going to try and be a little better on defense and run the ball this year. Makes sense because Eli doesn't have it anymore. He needs all the help he can get from a running game. And, you know, they took the rookie quarterback. We'll see if Eli even plays the whole season. But, no, they're a mess, dude. You know, you trade <laughs> Odell Beckham, and I get it, but don't give a guy a gigantic contract and then trade him. You know, like, th that makes no sense to me. I think we need to put him on salary is what Josh Norman said. <laughs> they need to protect Dave Gettleman at all costs in New York because he's winning for us now there's a little bit of bad blood here because you got to remember Gettleman was the general manager in Carolina Ooh, and he yeah. he was the one that rescinded Norman's franchise tag and then Norman ended up making moves so there's something to this oh they have history this is yeah this is there's, personal there's for sure personal history but what Norman needs to be worried about is they might be cutting him soon because he's on that big uh, I believe it's five years 75 million over there and he hasn't exactly been panning out. No. So while he's over here making jokes, the joke might be on you pretty soon. It could be. I mean, when you get older and you're making that kind of money, you know, you better produce or they'll find somebody else. But we'll see. You know, that's the thing with – that's another organization where the coach really doesn't have much control. I think there was a report out a few weeks ago about Jay Gruden and how he wasn't really involved in the draft at all, that that was all being kind of handled by the front office and – He's just kind of coaching the guys that they draft for him. So NFC East, I mean, it is just a, a train wreck. And we were going to get to the Cowboys anyway. So while we're in the NFC East, why don't we do that? You saw that report with Witten saying might be the, the most talented Cowboys team that he's ever been a part of. 
I don't know about that, but I think they're pretty good. I think they're going to win the division. I don't know how much Witten's going to chip in anymore. He's just kind of a guy that, you know, maybe he can pick you up a five or six yards on third down, you know, a little short pass and then fall down. But, you know, he might be able to move the chains a little bit. But I don't know. I worry about guys after they take a year off of football. I don't, you know, I, that scares me a little bit, especially a guy that much older. But we'll see what they do. Amari Cooper was fantastic for him last year. And as much heat as they took for that trade, there was not a receiver better than Amari Cooper worth taking in the first round this year. That was the right move. Right. Now that you think of it as a whole, that was the right move, right? Yeah. And he got crushed for that. Jerry Jones took a lot of heat for that move, but I think it was the right move. Amari Cooper's a good player, man. And it's, it's crazy because people overreact. Yeah. You you want to overreact when things happen and now that you look at it like you said, let's take a look at that and did the was it the right move? I believe 100% it was. No, absolutely. I mean, would you rather have Marquise Brown or would you rather have Amari Cooper? I don't want a 160-pound wide receiver. That guy might die out there. You know, I mean, he's he's smaller than Deshaun Jackson. So I'd rather have Amari Cooper, the guy that can run and, and is big. And I think it's funny, too, how like everything's switching up. Like Most of the NFL right now is going with small and quick guys. You know, you're seeing that there's kind of a shift that way. But what are the Patriots doing? They're getting all receivers that are like 6'3". You know, they're getting all big guys. They're going to need some yeah, red zone targets. Yeah, when, when, when the rest of the league zigs, the Patriots zag. They go the other way. They go, okay, you're going all with quick, small guys? All right, well, we're going to outpower you. We're getting big dudes. They saw what Josh Gordon kind of did for them. They're like, all right, we like us some 6'3", 220-pound wide receivers. So, you know, they're flipping the script. So we'll see if it works for them this year. Edelman's really the only kind of small guy that, that's a big part of that offense now. So we'll see it. And they don't have Gronk either, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But but back to the Cowboys, I think they're pretty talented. I think they're going to win the division. Me too. You I know, think I they do. will. A lot has to. I'm wondering what happens with Zeke Elliott going forward. We know he's in a big year. He's, he he wants the new contract. He needs it. He deserves it. Let's be let's be honest here. Yep. Last year, Zeke led the league with 304 carries, 381 total touches. That's a career high. 77 receptions. It takes a toll on you. You know how they say running backs get old quick. They do, and he has a he has a lot of touches. He might age a little quicker. Now they have the fifth uh, the fifth year option on him for next year, so they'll have him at least for this season and next season. But but here's where it gets interesting, right? Do you want to lock him up early to where you're you're paying your running back for his years in his mid twenties instead of paying him big money for you know being around thirty? Or do they do like they did with DeMarco Murray and just kind of run him into the ground until his rookie deal's up and then bye, Felicia. And it's scary because through three seasons, he has 1,003 touches already. He's had the most rushing attempts every year except for 2017 when he had that suspension. Man, he's a workhorse. He's a great player. Love him in fantasy this year. Exactly, because we remember the reason Le'Veon Bell was such a such a pivotal guy to have on your team was because he would get 400 touches in one year, in yep. one season. And then you say, has anyone ever done that? And when you look back a decade, he was the only guy that did it within a decade, two times within a decade, 400 plus touch seasons. And now that the the plan last year was to get Zeke more involved in the pass game. It helps, it helps Dak out so much. It, it, it gives him that check down. It gives yep. him. And just imagine Zeke running with the open field. That's what you want him, especially when you got a line that could block like that. 
Yeah, and, and it looks like Frederick's going to be back. They're they're fantastic I, yeah, I center that. this year. I saw that. Things are looking good for the Cowboys, and and one thing we don't have to touch on is that defense that 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 young at that. I love where they're going forward. I think they end up winning the division at plus money. We spoke about that a couple weeks ago. The Eagles are actually the betting favorites. I think there's a lot. A lot. I remember, let's not forget the Cowboys beat the Eagles twice last year. There's some value there on the Cowboys. Exactly. I think there's value to be had. I think there's a bet to be made. I know Texan guy out there is like, hold on, man. What about us? Well, we'll get to you in just a second. But for right now, Cowboy guy, hey, it's looking good. Uh, when you have a young defense like that, yeah. anything could happen. And Carson Wentz, it just, you know, he's. They're hoping he'll be ready for training camp. Yeah. You know, they're not even expecting him anytime soon. Washington's a question mark. Uh, the, the Giants are uh, a question mark, exclamation mark, uh, a laughing emoji. You know what <laughs> I mean? emoji more like. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So at this point, if you talk about stability and things that are known right now, the Cowboys are what gives you both of those. No doubt about it. Fire on the Cowboys right now. Why you can get it? Fire on the Cowboys. Fire on the Max Bet. I know I keep teasing it, but trust me, we have time to give it out. Let us be your Sunday morning jetpack. We'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. I went off the prom wishing you could see that lights are the genre and Parmesan. Funny thing about it, you always act like you knew. You told me I would feel it would happen before it do. And you taught me I'm a product of everything I go through. And you and Grandma went broke. My name is Bob Lee, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5.